Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. And bye. Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the jazz queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. With the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the jazz queen. Hello and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the jazz queen. It is Sunday, February 10th, 2019. Happy New Year's to everyone. Um, welcome to the chat room, Joe in uh, Germany. Hey, Joe, my friend, so good to see you again. It's been a while. Welcome to the chat room. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com and click on Listen Live under William Green's picture. That will bring you into the show page here on BlogTalkRadio.com. And above that is the chat room. You can just go right in there. The phone number is 646 716 Five four eight five six four six seven one six five four eight five. If you would like to call in with a question and or a comment uh, for William Green, who is my guest this evening, he is a keyboardist in Atlanta, Georgia. His new release is called Mind Rush, and I'm very happy to have him on. Welcome to the show, William. Thank you so much, Terry, and I want to thank all of the listeners out there who also enjoy. Uh, your show, and uh, thank you uh, for the uh, invitation. Oh, it was my pleasure. My pleasure indeed. So, William, I'm going to start with a typical question, um, your background, just to give the listeners an idea of who William Green is. So tell us about how you got started in music. Sure. Uh, I'll make this a uh, relatively short and brief story. Um, at the age of seven, I was gifted with the receiving of music from a spiritual uh, basis. Um, It's not uh, something that I learned as it pertains to someone having taught me, uh, although I did take lessons uh, at some point, but the initial uh, uh, understanding of music, if you will, and the connection to music was something that I obviously was born to do and born with. Uh, my parents, uh, my father, who was a Baptist minister at that time, Reverend Willie Green, and my mom, uh, Earlene Green, were very pivotal in the uh, uh, acceptance, if you will, of music in my life, in that we had a piano at the home and we had a uh, organ, in fact. And for me, my beginning uh, took place uh, from... Uh, reenacting and recreating everything that I saw and heard at church on Sundays. That was my playground. That was my stage area. Uh, Once Mm -hmm. I came home from church, I was able to duplicate literally everything I heard musically go on in that church uh, earlier that day. Uh, To this day, I still don't understand and know how and why, but 
I'm just thankful that it, it was me. And from that point, it uh, took off uh, such that uh, as I was growing up, as a young kid, I heard lots of music on the radio, and that was the next stage or uh, playground, if you will, for me musically. Uh, there was something unique about the radio in terms of hearing all of these different sounds and, and people coming out of this little device. And I used to have this uh, uh, imagination of, wow, how did those people get inside that little box <laughs> like that? Yes. You know, that was just so just so overwhelming. And then eventually I, you know, became to understand that, you know, this is a recording that you're listening to and wow, what was what that did to my mind, to my uh to my growth uh as far as music is concerned. It then took on uh the interest of not only um enjoying other types of music but being able to again play other types of music. Once I got into high school I then studied uh theory uh, under uh, Dr. Joe Miller, an incredible uh, music instructor. And uh, for four years, I played in a high school orchestra, high school band. I was also uh, very involved in playing at my dad's church. Uh, and uh, that is pretty much where my music um, growth was nurtured, if you will. And in uh, 1978, okay. I graduated, graduated from high school, left from Chicago, came to Atlanta, Georgia, in which I've been here now 41 years in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And uh, since 1978, uh, here is where I have uh, now had a thriving musical career uh, as a musician. I've had maybe two or three other real jobs, but they didn't last long because my passion wasn't there. And when your passion mm -hmm. isn't in something, you're not really uh, happy and fulfilled. Now, granted, there are a lot of people that do work jobs that are not necessarily happy and fulfilling. But for me, uh, it wasn't just about a job. It was doing something that was going to make me uh, want to get up the next day and want to look forward to uh, making the check, if you will. And that's where music came in, and it's been like that ever since. It's funny you mentioned about the radio. Um, I remember when I was growing up as a little girl and in my parents' car riding around and here listening to the radio, and I always wondered, are there actual people in here? How is yes. this happening? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it's funny how yes. you think that when you're a child, you know, but I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, definitely. Now, do you think had your parents not had a piano to play, be playing a different instrument, or your life would have taken a different direction? You know, that's an interesting question, Terry. And honestly, I've never thought about it until you just asked me. And, and you asking me just then, I literally had to sit up in my bed and just wrap my <laughs> brain around it. I'm serious. Um, I've never been asked that question. So let me take a minute and, and, and give an honest answer. I really, truly believe that music still would have been a part of my life. And yes, it would have been a different instrument had those instruments not been at the home. Um, to what extent would I have been musically connected? I think it would have been maybe from an educating standpoint, maybe as a mm -hmm. teacher. Um, but as, as now a performer, as a songwriter, a producer, and arranger of music, it was just, it, it, it's like, I'm serious. It's like I was chosen. I mean, and there's six, um, I have uh, five other siblings. Uh, I am second from the oldest, and they'll tell you all of them. Well, with the exception of my brother, uh, none of them are musically at all gifted or even mm. remotely 
close to being, you know, a musician. Now, they probably studied some little bit of music, you know, in their upbringing or an instrument, but nothing, you know, to my extent. So um, this was this was something I was born to do, and, and uh, all the tools that I needed, you know, to, to make use of that gift or dream uh, were at my disposal. Okay. All right. Really good. Very good. Yeah, so now you yeah. are celebrating 40 years in the music industry. And um, I've been doing this show for 10 years, going on 11. And one of the oh. things that I've learned in doing this show for the past 10 years is that the record labels will categorize an artist's music in terms of genres. So do you consider yourself a smooth jazz artist? Um, may I say no with no disrespect intended around the word smooth jazz. Um, mm-hmm. For for what smooth jazz represents in terms of the styling of that music, uh, my music definitely goes against that particular grain or thumbprint. Um, not that I, I don't, you know, enjoy maybe listening to smooth jazz or some of the smooth jazz artists. Uh, mm-hmm. But to be solely categorized under that particular genre um, is, is, is limiting, you know, my, my musical outreach. And, and granted, you know, you do have to have some type of label in order to market yourself. But right. um, smooth jazz just limits the full scope and range of my mm-hmm. musical presentation, as you will probably um, here and listening to you know the CD, it's a it's a combination. It's like um, it's like eating um, uh, succotash. I don't know if you know what succotash is, but yes, uh, or, or a gumbo. Now for me, gumbo would be eaten without meat because I'm a vegetarian. Uh, mm-hmm. But the term gumbo refers to a mixture of different spices, vegetables, uh, and the sauce in which it all comes together to create this special and unique taste and flavor. Thus, that's where you have William Green. So if you had to label or categorize your music, what would it be called? I have termed my music as soldiers. Soldiers. Ah. Combination of soul and jazz. Soldiers. Now, for anyone who's listening out there in Radio Land, you will not be able to get credit for that terminology because it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it only refers to me. So, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a combination of soul and jazz. And um, even though there isn't quote unquote a market name as such out there, mm-hmm. um, that particular style has always been a part of the music industry for as long as uh, music has been uh, recorded and heard. And um, even with those two genres, um, there's still other genres that do come into play when it comes to hearing my music. There's a lot of gospel in my music. There's a little bit of classical uh, as well as my music. But soul jazz pretty much kind of sums up uh, the, the feeling behind my musical presentation. Okay, then that now brings us to your latest release, Mind Rush. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about this CD, and then we'll get into some music. All right. Um, this was a eight-year uh, recording project, which I didn't want it to take as long as it did, but I'm so thankful that uh, every hour, every minute, every second uh, that added up to eight years was put into the recording. Mind Rush 
is the concept behind uh, those of us who are living as working, thriving individuals uh, on this planet, not just in America, but on this planet, who are on a daily basis bombarded with up to as many as 20 or 30,000 mental thoughts a mm-hmm. day. Just think about that for a second. And, and scientists say that it's actually more than that. But the average amount of thoughts that we uh, put out is about twenty to 30,000 thoughts. Now, the question is, what do we do with those thoughts and how are they used? Well, for me, I wanted to have music to be something that people can use as a barometer to um, keep themselves balanced, if you will. Uh, through, you know, having to think about so many things, uh, you want to be able to have a path of direction. And Mm -hmm. it was my hope and desire that this music would provide music for the mind, for the body, for the soul, in which to direct that human being to a bigger and a greater cause. And thus, that's where the uh, song was uh, conceptualized. And it was co-written by my good friend, Aaron Mudbone Turner, who is an incredible drummer as well as a songwriter and he's also one of the best blues singers that I have ever been around and all of the songs that are on the CD um, have been specially crafted around some particular thought in mind uh, so as to provoke the listener to uh, engage in um, uh, operating their, their lives in such a way that it would be fulfilling rewarding and to have um you know, a greater sense of purpose as we, uh, you know, continue to thrive here on the planet. Okay. Now, I noticed that one of the artists working with you on this CD is um, Kim Scott, and I am yeah. a big fan of hers. Nice. Um, yeah, I love yeah. her music, and I was happy to see that she is on this release, on a couple of songs, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah. But I am going to start, um, William, with the track make it do what it don't i thought this was a very interesting um track tell me about this song um the title pretty much is not necessarily the most uh ebonically correct way of saying something but um as um as as people of color if you will and 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 really any human being whether you white black blue green doesn't really matter but especially people of color we have survived insurmountable hardships um, beyond a person's uh, imagination. Um, individuals who who are not of our hue have no idea of what we have endured, and yet we are still here on this planet. Mm-hmm. We are still mm-hmm. here. We are an active part of this planet. And so the title says that in spite of what we don't have, in spite of where we wish we could be in our individual lives and collectively, we're going to make the best out of what we have. And what we're going to do is we're going to make it do what it don't. Now, this is a um, spoken word um, concept of of a track um, done by Steve Key. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So take a listen to this. It's called Make It Do What It Don't. Yeah. 
that is Make It Do What It Don't from William Green's new release, Mind Rush. I like that track very much. Hey, thank you. I, I yeah. enjoy listening to it too, man. Thank you very much. So now, early in your career, uh, were you focused on establishing your own sound, or did that come later with your previous releases? You know, um, Terry, actually, as I think on that particular question, the answer would be yes. I, I do recall at the age of 10 uh, or so, I started actually writing songs, writing musical ideas. Um, I, I didn't know that at that time that that was my sound, but I did know that this was uh, something that I was very much uh, close to and uh, was aware of on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in playing uh, at church for the most part during that particular um, time period, um, I-, I was kind of rebellious uh, in a sense in that uh, if you have ever been around what's called PKs, that's preacher's kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we live, we, we live, somewhat sheltered lives and um, rightfully so, you know, because our parents are concerned with making sure that we have um, a, a nurtured surrounding in terms of, um, you know, the people around and the things that we are ingesting into our minds and into our spirits. Um, but uh, there was so much music in my head from the music that I was listening to on the radio uh, and then, you know, because we didn't have that, there was no internet, uh, during the, um, you know, the early sixties, uh, early seventies, um, all of my musical information was given to me through recordings, um, yeah. you know, vinyl records. And so, uh, it, it became apparent that, um, not only was I able to recreate music that I had been hearing, but I was also able to create music that had not been heard as it pertains to uh, it, it was as if you know this music that I was listening to in the recordings was coming in one ear and then it was taking on its own shape form and style around my sound and coming mm-hmm. out the other ear as being songs original songs oh. and uh, that's that's where it started. Um, now, I would say from a professional standpoint, it really didn't take off until I got here in Atlanta uh, in terms of forming my own band and then actually performing my original songs, you know, in front of various audiences without uh, these songs being on a recording then. Um, I just, just always had that, you know, interest of wanting, you know, people to hear my music versus, you know, hearing somebody else's songs. Okay. So now Joe in Germany made a comment about the bass line um, in the track, What It Do, What It Don't. So let's mm-hmm. talk about the, the artists that work with you on this CD. Tell us about some of them. Sure. Well, specifically in terms of the bass, um, the gentleman who recorded that, his name is, uh, oh, that's name is Smith. He'll kill me for not remembering um, his name. But uh, he lives here in, in Atlanta. And uh, I worked primarily with a lot of musicians who were uh, close to me musically. Um, Jeff Smith, he just came to me. His name is Jeff Smith. Probably mm-hmm. by far one of the most incredible bass players, so underrated. Uh, but what he plays when he does is 
it just speaks for itself. And so for my friend in uh, Germany, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Um, along with um, Kim Scott, interesting you brought her name up because I have yet to physically meet her. Uh-huh. We know of each other. We, we are familiar with each other. We spoke to each other on the phone, but we actually have not seen each other eye to eye. And thanks, you know, to the Internet and the uh, uh, process of being able to record via Internet, um, that's how we uh, we connected. Um, I sent the track to her. She said she liked it, and she knew exactly what she wanted to play. She recorded it at her facility. She sent it back to me, and then we took it from there and mixed and mastered it, and, you know, it, it worked. Um, there's so many uh, great musicians uh, on this record. Um, yeah. Mike Burton, saxophonist, and this goes on and on. Yeah. All right. So now, when you are um, are writing a song, um, do you write a song? Uh, when you write a song, how much focus do you put on your intended audience in terms of? You know, is this a song that they can get up and dance to, or is this a song that mm-hmm. they can just sit back and relax to? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't put that much thought into what uh, the music will um, what what the music will provoke a person to do. Um, okay. I mean, you know, from the standpoint of either dancing, listening, or rejecting it. Uh, you know, um, but I will say that I, I've gotten very comfortable now with my musical presentation and my creations that. I automatically sense and feel what type of reaction that the audience will have on a particular song. Um, It's not, um, my music is not always, well, let let me just say the music that you hear on that particular CD. Most of it is um, for listening, you know, pleasure. I wouldn't say that you couldn't dance to it, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we know, as what we know of in terms of commercial music, what dance music is supposed to sound like, that may not necessarily be a part of my musical presentation on this particular CD. However, um, I'm always aware of the fact that whatever it is that I'm going to record uh, has to and must have a much stronger impact on the listener than just being able to dance. There's nothing yeah. wrong with dancing. Dancing is a great way of expressing our joy, our pain, um, our excitement. But um, there has to be moments by which we as human beings uh, mentally reflect and be reminded of something or look forward to something as it pertains to listening to music. And that's where uh, I'm really trying to focus now my uh, craft on is that uh, we, we, we are in need of um, more quality, more, uh, I don't want to say better music, but when I use the comparison, the difference between eating uh, McDonald's and uh, your grandmother's cooking. Um, again, no disrespect to the McDonald's <laughs> franchise. Uh, however, if I had a choice in the matter, uh, I would much prefer a home-cooked meal any day, yes. something that yes. someone took time over. Uh, that person who cooked it, you know, has the love and the passion for wanting another person to enjoy their food, and they look forward to the reaction that the person is going to have after eating it. That's what I uh, put into my music to get that type of response from it. 
Okay. All right. So since I mentioned Kim Scott, um, I'm going to play a track that she is on, and this is called FYI. Tell me about that. Cool. FYI, that's an acronym which stands for For Your Information. And this is one of my favorite songs. It was co-written by a good friend of mine who lives here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, whose name is Lisa Price. Lisa is a really great songwriter. And when I told her about uh, the song itself, um, she presented this idea back to me. And as soon as I heard it, I, I knew there was something special about it. This is also the actual first song that uh, I featured myself as a vocalist uh, on it. Um, prior to this song, I had never sung anything, sang anything that was recorded, so to speak, that was featuring my voice. Um, singing has always been something that has been a part of my musical background in that my mom, as I, we were growing up, as I mentioned uh, before, my mother and her sisters actually sang background vocals for Mahalia Jackson when she was in her teenage years. Uh, so between that and singing at church, I've always heard, you know, people singing around me, but that particular song was my uh, signature vocal song. And, uh, it has a lot of styling of, um, salsa. Uh, it's a good, just a good, uh, feeling song as it pertains to how a man feels with the knowledge of, um, having uh, a woman who he reveres, uh, as his queen. And that's what FYI is. All right, you're listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. I'm talking to keyboardist William Green about his new release, Mind Rush. Um, and the phone number is 646-716-5485. If you would like to call in with a question or a comment, this is FYI. <laughs> Thoughts 
just drive me wild And when we're all alone I know it won't be too long Before we kiss I make a wish I'll shout it from the mountaintop and Georgia State University where you majored in commercial music. Um, can you tell us about some music that you produced commercially? Um, well, between um, the time of going to college and now, um, most, well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of the music that I was recording and uh, releasing was uh, interesting, gospel music. Um, okay. One of which was uh, with this uh uh, college choir that was called the Atlanta Gospel Movement. Um, also recorded uh, an album with the Georgia State University Gospel Choir. I uh, mm-hmm. was recording with a uh, local choir here called the Atlanta Philharmonic Chorale and um, several different um, vocal singers as well. Um, my recording of my own music 
actually did not take place until 2000 when I did my first CD, which is entitled Magic Dream. And between that CD and uh, Mind Rush, I have two other CDs uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of that. Uh, the second CD is called Green Valley, and the third CD is called Music for Life. Um, and uh, we're actually about to release uh, the single from the upcoming CD in the next two or three months. Uh, however, I'm also now engaged in uh, producing uh, music for other uh, artists, such as uh, Dominique Hammonds. You're going to be hearing a lot about this young brother, 20, 23 yes. years old violinist. Yes, this yes, dude, I saw him on yeah. Facebook, yes. Yes, wow. my God. I mean, when I, when I just think about his name and his art, this is the most, uh, I, I don't really have a word to describe about him when it comes to playing the violin. And there are some other great violinists, uh, Karen Briggs, uh, Damien Escobar, this young brother here, he sits and stands on his uh, own ground and walks on his own two feet when it comes to his instrument. He's mm. powerful. Uh, okay. I'm uh, producing um, music for him. There's a young lady uh, here out of Atlanta, Georgia, who is a great singer. Her name is Karen uh, Bryant. Uh, she has a single that's coming out. And uh, I'm also now um, engaged in submitting songs to various uh, recording artists uh, that you are familiar with. Uh, for instance, I'm recording songs for Stokely, uh, who is mm-hmm. the um, former lead singer with uh, Men Condition, um, writing some songs for the group, the SOS Band. And uh, you're going to hear some music uh, that I've written for my good friend, Mr. Boney James, jazz saxophone. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. I know that he was on one of your CDs. He did um that's right. Song on one of your CDs. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Right. So now Joe in the chat room, he said about um, FYI, this is soul jazz. His voice is soulful indeed. Good choice regarding the genre. Oh, nice. Thank you so much. Joe is out of, uh, is that Joe in Germany? Yes, he's in Germany. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Joe, uh, you, you're a great fan of mine already. And I look forward to coming over to Germany and performing where you can, uh, you know, witness this for yourself. But thank you so much for the compliment. And uh, I enjoyed, as I mentioned earlier, uh, recording that particular song because I just felt that it uh, really gave me, you know, a much more recognized sound and signature, uh, not just as a musician and as a songwriter, but as a vocalist as well. So thank you, Joe. I really appreciate that. Now, you have played with and are open for um, several artists, but there are two that I want to ask you about particularly. Um, mm-hmm. Curtis Mayfield, one. Wow. Tell me about that. Curtis Mayfield, um, what a uh, really peaceful and powerful uh, soldier that he was. Um, at the time that I uh, met Curtis, Curtis was actually living around the corner from where I was living, and uh, his son was a musician. And uh, his son was a person that actually introduced me to his dad. And, uh, it, you know, it's interesting because at that time when I met him, which uh, would have been the early, middle 90s, I knew of the name Curtis Mayfield. I knew mm-hmm. of his songs, but I didn't really know how dynamic that this man was in terms of the industry. I mean, just his longevity in in the uh, music career, uh, his film work. Um, 
his songs had meaning to them. I mean, the the the, the, the songs themselves, you know, they might be um, you, you might be able to dance or pop your fingers to, but when you you know when you stop the dancing and just really sat down and listen to what he was saying, this man was saying you know things then uh, that. Uh, you know, we as a race of people, uh, we were fortunate to have Curtis because Curtis was our mouthpiece in terms of saying and speaking the things that we couldn't really say in an open mm-hmm. form, so to speak. Uh, and that's unfortunate to say that, you know, here in this great country as America, that uh, this type of behavior existed. But Curtis was um, so kind to me. Um, I recorded on, I can't remember the title CD of his, but this was right before uh, his unfortunate accident um, that actually caused uh, his uh, paralysis and uh, ultimately, um, you know, his uh, early uh, transition in life. Um, but I learned so much from uh, Curtis, and I'm so thankful that I had that opportunity to uh, be a part of his musical life as well as he be a part of my musical life as well. Okay, and then the other one, um, the Sons of Otis Redding Military mm. Tour. Tell me about that. Yeah, um, Otis Redding, uh, of course, you know, anyone who uh, has not been sleeping underneath the rock is familiar with his music. Um, the list goes on and on and on. I met his sons uh, through another uh, musician, a friend of mine, and um, he expressed to me that uh, Otis Redding's two sons, Otis Jr. and Mark uh, Redding, uh, were going to be doing what was called a, um, I think it was called a PAC-AF tour, PAC-AF or basically a military tour. And mm-hmm. um, so we were in uh, several parts of uh, Germany, for the most part, uh, playing on uh, uh, American military bases. And that was a great experience. I believe that would have been my first time traveling overseas, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, once again, you know, um, even though I was playing with the sons of Otis Redding, I I was familiar with, you know, their dad in terms of the name and maybe one or two songs, but I didn't really, really know how powerful that Otis Redding was in the music uh, uh, entertainment uh, arena. This gentleman, I mean, his song catalog stretches far and wide, and he was one of the first um, artists that was able to um, own and, and keep his masters as well as um, the the the, uh, the actual copyrights of a lot of significant songs. And so, to, to be uh, actively and musically a part of their son's um, musical venture and journey in life, it was really an honor and a blessing. I, I don't see them as much now. Uh, they're obviously much older, but it was a uh, very re- rewarding experience, and I'm looking forward to hopefully doing some uh, writing and recording with them um, in the future. Okay. Now, you mentioned your previous releases, and um, we know that musicians grow with each release. They grow musically. So with Magic Dream. What did you learn about uh, Magic Dream and producing that that you used in the subsequent releases? And then how did that knowledge change with each release? Um, there's several things. I mean, lots of things that I learned. I think the most important thing that I learned, though, is to be comfortable with being naked.
naked. Now, let me explain that before someone takes that the wrong way. <laughs> Not literally. Um, yeah, literally. That's right. That's right. Um, that analogy represents um, the uh, – well, how would I say it? Um, when, when you see yourself uh, in a mirror, and, uh, of course, you are the only person that can actually witness, you know, looking at your body – um, at that moment, you at some point have to come to the conclusion, I don't care what shape you are, what size you are, how big you are, how small you are, how much weight you want to lose, how much weight you want to gain, uh, your imperfections, a uh, little mark here on your skin, one arm may be slightly longer than the other, um, anything that you can think of that are, you know, uh, uh, considered by us defects you know, uh, pertaining to the human body, you have to come to the conclusion in your life that you are the most uh, well-made human being on the planet. Your uniqueness as to what you see in the mirror is what allows you to know that. I transfer that same energy and mindset into uh, the music by which that first CD uh, I learn to be comfortable with expressing what I hear and feel inside. Now, granted, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like any musician artist, you all, you always aspire to be, you know, accepted by the masses. But just like you are not always going to be accepted by the masses, you know, as the person that you are, such so will be the case with your music. But that shouldn't stop right. you from being honest about what you feel and what you hear inside. And so over the three CDs leading up to the one that I just released, I was able to position myself in the seat that has been given me in music to drive in my lane, the lane that I've been given, the lane that allows me freedom of expression by which uh, if we don't get Grammy nominated, if we don't get worldwide acceptance and appreciation. It's people like you, Terry, who uh, embrace my music and who invite me to share my music with the world that makes all the difference in the world. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to play one more track, and it's the title track. Is there a story behind this? There is a story, and I mentioned it earlier, um, Mind Rush, the fact that we as human beings are always engaged in, you know, multiple thoughts during the course of a day. But to encourage uh, the listeners who might hear this song to uh, stay focused, uh, stay with a purpose and a passion in your life. We as human beings were not just created just to exist. We were created to thrive, to, to witness and experience uh, life in a very fulfilling uh, way. So I'm hoping that this song will uh, keep those uh, motivated to uh, stay inspired to, 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 to reach uh, for as much as you can in your own life while you're here, because once it's over, that's a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap. All right. This that's is Mind right. Rush. <laughs>
that was Mind Rush. Now, let me let you know who's playing on this. The drums is Quentin Robinson. Bass mm-hmm. is Jeff Smith. Tenor sax, Darian Emery. And the trumpet was Edward Williams. Oh, my gosh. That was a nice track. I like that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. I hope that the listeners enjoyed it also. I like that a lot. All right. So, William, let everyone know where you will be playing next in Atlanta. Well, uh, here in Atlanta, um, nothing's going to be coming up for the next couple of weeks. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be engaged in um, recording uh, a lot of music for a lot of different artists. Um, we have some dates that are um, um, look well, looking to happen in the next uh, month as we um, transition into the uh, spring uh, season. And uh, But you can find uh, where I'm playing at any given time, and you can find out more information about me and to stay in contact with me by going uh, to my website, which is williamgreenmusic.com. Again, that's yeah. williamgreenmusic.com um, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. And um, I'm sure that uh, there will be some performances coming up that um, – you know, we'll make uh, mention to um, our listening um, viewers out there so that uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to uh, meet you all in person. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you again for the opportunity to speak with you. I have enjoyed it very much. Well, thank you, Terry. I appreciate it. And, and Terry, I just want to say that uh, you are um, uh, you are a rose in the desert, literally. <laughs> the oh, fact thank that you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in, in Las Vegas, um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there are other uh, you know musical outlets, but um, your personality and your passion that you put into your presentation uh, stands out and speaks for itself. So, thank you as well for the invitation. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, Again, keyboardist William Green, his new release is called Mind Rush. You'll find it on his website, williamgreenmusic.com, Amazon, and iTunes. Uh, So definitely check that out, pick that up, and uh, support the artist. As I like to always say, please support the artist. So great. All right. Thank you, William. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Terry. Have a great day, and thank you, listeners out there. Peace. You too. I also want to thank Angela P. Moore of APM APM Publicists. She um, was instrumental in scheduling the interview with William. So thank you, Angela. I appreciate it. Again, it's Angela Moore, APM Public Relations. Um, So thank you again, Angela. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks, William. You have a good day. All right, Terry. You do the same. God bless. All right. Bye. So before I um, close the show, I just want to acknowledge the passing of another major artist in the industry, James Ingram. Uh, We lost him last week and um, just want to send out condolences and prayers to his family. I also want to mention a couple of things um, event wise. Uh, One is we have a new jazz spot here in Las Vegas, which is actually in Henderson, Nevada. It's called Vino Del Lago. It's a wine and jazz lounge. Um, they are located in Henderson, Nevada. They do live jazz music on the weekends. They have a, a wine dispensing system where you can sample and enjoy 24 different wines by the glass um, as well. And they're also having their first Jazz Festival. It's called the um, Vino Del Lago Jazz Festival, featuring Ronnie Laws, Jeff Koshua, Brian Simpson, Steve Oliver, Darren Matamity, Dirk K, Vince Priester, and Habaka. 
So this is happening Saturday, May 25th at the Lake Las Vegas Events Center, and that is inside the casino there. So Lake Las Vegas is not a city. Henderson is the city. Lake Las Vegas is a community. And within that community is a retail um, shopping center with a casino. And this is where Vino del Lago is located uh, within that retail shopping center and the casino where the jazz festival is going to be held at the event center. So for more information, ticket-wise, please visit vinodelago.com for that. And I also want to mention that saxophonist Marcus Anderson is having his own inaugural jazz fest. It's called Jazz and Coffee Escape. And this is happening August 16th and 17th in Asheville, North Carolina. His lineup includes Adam Hawley, Nicoleone, James Lloyd, Lindsey Webster, Julian Vaughn, Lynn Roundtree, Phil Denny, Darnell Showcase Taylor, Marcel Anderson, Adrian Crutchfield, and DJ Double J. So for more information on that, please visit jazzandcoffee-escape.net. Jazzandcoffee-escape.net for ticket information and hotel information and all of that. All right. So thank you again, Joe in Germany, for hanging out and good to see you again. Ollie, good to see you as well. Um, my next show is Sunday, um, February 17th. Guitarist Yunam has a brand new release called Future Loves. So I will be talking to him about that on next Sunday. All right. My name is Terry, a.k.a. The Jazz Queen. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz, and I look forward to Talking Smooth Jazz with you again next Sunday. Until then, keep it smooth and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Follow the Jazz Queen on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen, on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Smooth Jazz, and visit the website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.